everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers. I'm Jeffrey Lennon. And this is Volume Up by The Tees. Hey, Salon Pro, you need a dryer that is built differently. One that puts the power to shine in your hands. Olivia Garden's Super HB Hair Dryer was engineered by experts, tested by hairdressers, and perfected for pros. It's lighter, more powerful, built to last with advanced memory functions and features ergonomic design elements for the hairdresser so that styling your client's hair couldn't be any easier. What are you waiting for? Head over to oliviagarden.com to pick up this cutting edge hairdryer by the leading creator of high quality salon professional tools. The Super HP is your power to shine. As pros, beauty boxes with sample sizes just don't cut it. How can you possibly know a product is right for your client after trying a sample? You need full-size products to test, try, feel, and play with. Enter Hello Salon Pro a full-sized pros-only beauty box by The Tees. It's a bi-monthly subscription box for salon professionals with five full-size products for just $24.99 plus shipping. We send you everything from the most popular and trending brands to new innovations, large and small. Anything we think you might want to curate for your back bar or retail to your clients. Head to thetees.shop to subscribe for our next box, shipping every Friday starting June 15th. So Kelly, there's a fun story. It's actually the feel-good thing. I feel like it's a good thing that we can chat about to start, um, which is that Sesame Street continues to crush it yep. in terms of pushing the envelope and doing the right thing. Uh, there was a recent piece in Blavity um, as regards a feature of natural hair washing happening and one mom's response. And I'm, I'm just so taken with this. So Essentially, there is a segment within one of the episodes in which this family feels really uh, heartened by representation and then got to TikTok. TikTok. Oh my God, that's going to be another one. <laughs> is there something new called TikTok now? <laughs> I, I'm sure. Here, roll the blooper reel. <laughs> this family took to TikTok uh, to talk about why this mattered to them. Um, and honestly, all the feels. Uh, what are your thoughts? How how do you feel about Sesame Street? I mean, we can talk about this specific yeah. segment, but like mm-hmm. in general. In general, I mean, it's stood the test of time, right? Because you think about how many generational cultural shifts it's taken throughout mm-hmm. episode number one through, I can't, I can't even imagine what episode they're on. So I've got to say that whoever is, you know, kind of behind the wheel over there, great job. I mean, I love this. I love, I love to see that, you know, representation matters, right? And it matters on national and international platforms. And kudos to the team over at Sesame Street. And by the way, do you have a favorite character? (laughs) (laughs) You weren't ready for that. No, I wasn't. You just weren't. (laughs) Um, so as a child. I really liked Snuffleupagus. I mean, same. Like classic. What is that? Right. Like, is that an elephant? Like a earless elephant? But there was like so much stuff going on <laughs> that like it was kind of magical. As an adult, mm-hmm. I like the chaos that Elmo introduces. Do you? I really do. All right. Especially like. The internetification of Elmo um, and like the memes and wild. Bit. Like I'm, I'm very, yeah. Elmo is where it's at. Like <laughs> Elmo core, I stand. Um, what about, I mean, you said Snuffleupagus. Yeah. I mean, classic, but it, where are the ears? Just putting that out there. Just <laughs> nowhere to be found. Bringing that right back up to the top. 
of pop culture. Neither here nor there. You know, I like Grover because I like the arms of flailing little blue sort of character that's always a little disheveled. Mm. And it's not just because I'm having to wear Grover blue today. It really isn't. It's just not. I was going to say another blooper reel. Us shaking our arms wildly whilst wearing blue. Grover. Yikes. We really are walking into it today. But anyway, good for them. I love to see this. I love to see that their content is warming hearts all over the nation. And going viral. Viral. On the talk. On the TikTok, as you said. (laughs) Mm. on our last episode we talked with healthy hair specialist and stylist coach gabrielle allen gabrielle is the owner of shade studio salon in new orleans and founder of shade studio academy she began styling hair seven years ago and is passionate about natural hair care gabrielle is also a beauty influencer with over four hundred thousand plus followers which we all know that's a journey to get there Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to the Grover Lookalike, myself, at Volume Up <laughs> at thetease.com. <laughs> I was going to say, it's not me. It's you. This week, we're talking with Ambrosia Carey. Ambrosia has been mentoring within the beauty industry for over two decades globally. As a seven-figure salon owner, Ambrosia develops marketing strategies to help individuals, teams, and brands scale their business. Today, you can find Ambrosia leading a team of educators through Successful Stylist Academy, hosting the Successful Stylist podcast, as well as working with leading brands such as Olivia Garden, Trust Professional, and Air Professional. So we're going right to the metaverse. And my question is, does the metaverse beauty week matter? Because it's happening. Do you know anything about it? Uh, So I know (laughs) of a Forbes article Mm -hmm. saying that it It does matter, Um, but I think your question is quite valid. I'm not sold uh, on that being the case. Right. Uh, So first of all, let's just like be really honest. We talked about Sesame Street and which is our favorite character. (laughs) Have you ever accessed the metaverse as an end user? I did once for an activation Mm -hmm. that I was akin to, and it was early on. So early on, meaning a year ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I wasn't impressed at the time. And unfortunately, I'm not either. And I just want to say that I liken it to the new platforms. Like I called it, I called Clubhouse, Mm -hmm. wasn't going to stay around. And so, Mm -hmm. I don't know, dare I make a premonition that the metaverse may be versed away? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Uh, I mean, this Forbes article doesn't, they say that it matters and then really just like undercut that immediately. Yeah. Apparently this is the second week in which this metaverse beauty week has happened. Last year was the first time there are at least half as many people joined for this go. Like, yeah, that's not a good lead. That doesn't bode well. And there's been so many stories about how Zuckerberg's passion project is costing gobs of money that the company doesn't have. Like, I just, yeah. you do wonder about what the metaverse and and what it's for, who it's for, who it's served. I mean, yeah. if a brand doesn't have millions and millions of dollars, does it make sense to play in the space? Right. And then back to what you you used it a year ago. You're not a f- frequent, avid. I've never been back. Yeah. And I've never been. Um, So I'm curious, like legitimately, uh, listeners, do you access the metaverse? (laughs) Often, like, talk to us about that. Um, We're open to, I want to know because I'm, I'm not sold. And I don't even think that Forbes is. Yeah. I mean, we, I do not think that it will prove to be a draw for brands, but we shall see in the beauty space. And my last final question is, 
If a tree falls in the metaverse, does anyone hear it? <laughs> Maybe if they've got their headsets on. Headset on. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, I was there. We don't. If they've got the headset, maybe. Um, <laughs> that's another thing. I mean, Apple and their headset. Didn't we learn from Meta's? Yes, we did. Flop. Uh, anyway, here we are. <laughs> oh, anyway. Uh, you think. Um, live, laugh, love. Um, well, let's talk about things that are trending on our site, shall we? We shall. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week uncovering industry news, looking into trends and diving into brands that you don't know but should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. This is a good one. The title, Get Your Client's Hair Summer Ready with Schwarzkopf Professionals Hello Salon Pro Box. With summer in full swing, now is the perfect time to give your clients locks a total refresh. Luckily, we've got you covered with some incredible hair products that will make coloring your clients a total breeze. We've teamed up with our friends at Schwarzkopf Professional to deliver this month's box that features five must-try products for stylists from their newly relaunched professional color line, TBH, True, Beautiful, Honest. Whether you're looking to create bold, vibrant color or subtle, natural highlights, the new and improved TBH, True, Beautiful, Honest, has what you need to achieve the look you want without compromising on quality or integrity. What's not to love? Want to know more about this amazing Schwarzkopf professional product that you'll receive in the June box? Head to thetees.com where we've got the full breakdown of what you can expect. Kelly. Yes. Speaking of summer-ready hair. Yes. Is your hair summer-ready? It is. Are we going to see you go any lighter for the summer? No. In fact, I've got some light pieces in here and I'm just thinking to myself, I would like to go summer dark. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever. I don't know if it's going to stay. Summer is what you make it. It doesn't have to be lighter and brighter. It can be. Take a good look-see. It might be gone. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? However, I'd like to see you go light for summer. Brows, hair, all of it. Let's just see what you got. Mm -hmm. I keep I mean, we we keep saying this on the this podcast. Please. One of our team members, a social media editor, recently did the bleach brows they look incredible and i'm feeling inspired and you, you might see it coming up soon here uh things that are happening this month also in the tease the left brain group and dress code project celebrate pride with free gender affirming haircuts coming to new orleans in just a few weeks the gender free haircut club is a collaboration between dress code project and the left brain group that will provide free gender affirming haircuts to marginalized lgbtq2s plus youth and communities on june 25th so just a couple of days after this podcast episode airs. The Dress Code Project and Left Brain Collaboration will continue to expand the Gender Free Haircut Club's presence in 2023 with its first ever satellite location in New Orleans, which is where the Left Brain Group is based, welcoming hairdressers from all over the world to participate. Go to thetees.com to see how you, yes, you out there can get involved. Kelly, this is screaming big, big easy energy. Totally. So my question for you, when is the last time you've been to New Orleans? Oh, you know, it's probably been, I want to say maybe six or seven years. And I did the whole experience, took it all in. But my favorite part was honestly, I'm that gal now that will be like, yep, I will take that open air bus tour and I will sit in the top and I will soak in all the sights. And I did it there and it was so interesting. So there's my travel tip. Ugh. Take the tour, gang. Take the tour. Get into it. Go to the Gender Free Haircut Club. Do it. And then maybe take a tour thereafter. Mm -hmm. Love to see it. All right. Next up on the tease, something that is especially of interest, I think, to independent salon professionals. Um, the Professional Beauty Federation created an online portal to help self-employed beauty pros apply for COVID relief. 
As far as self-employed beauty pros are concerned, there has been little attention paid towards COVID relief. That is until now. At long last, independent beauty and barber pros, booth renters, salon suite owners, self-employed nail techs, and estheticians can finally take part in receiving aid during these difficult times thanks to tax credits under the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, FFCRA. And we're happy to report that the Professional Beauty Federation of California has created the ultimate resource to help make accessing these incredible federal relief funds an absolute breeze. Head to the tease.com to take a deeper look at the program, including how you can opt in. Everything is there. It's the dream. Um, prior to seeing this story on our site, did you know that this relief was even available? I did not. Same. And I think it's so interesting. I mean, our editors do an incredible job to bring these things that are so important forward, right? So mm-hmm. employee retention tax credit, we've got now this, mm-hmm. um, Family First Coronavirus Response Act. There is aid out there, and I encourage everyone to seek that aid because our industry was hit so hard. So check it out on thetease.com. Yeah. And shout out to the Professional Beauty Federation of California for making this happen. Yes. As always, so much going on at thetease.com. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about. Next up, my interview with Ambrosia Carey. We're going to get into all of it up next. Ambrosia Carey has been mentoring within the beauty industry for over two decades globally. Her career started as a record-breaking stylist behind the chair, where she discovered her passion for mentoring beauty professionals. As a seven-figure salon owner, Ambrosia developed marketing strategies to help individuals, teams, and brands scale their business. Today, you can find Ambrosia leading a team of educators through Successful Stylist Academy, hosting the Successful Stylist podcast, and also working with leading brands such as Olivia Garden, Trust Professional, and Air Professional. Her work has been published in countless trade magazines. Ambrosia's heart for the industry fuels her successes beyond her entrepreneurial journey to enable others to find out what success truly means to them. So Ambrosia, welcome to the pod. That is quite a bio. I know that is really meaty. I mean, we're talking about over 20 years of experience in the industry. So I definitely have been like collecting some accolades along the way. And I really appreciate you kind of placing it all so eloquently and um, and giving me such a warm welcome. Yes. So I really appreciate it. I love being on here with you. Thank you. Um, and we are excited to get started and dig in. So take us back, start us at the beginning. Did you know you always wanted to go into beauty? No, I didn't. I was actually uh, going to school for my marketing major and I was sitting in a chair like so many of us start out our careers. And uh, my sister-in-law inspired me to become a hairstylist. And you know, it was interesting because I was observing some of the things that were going on behind the chair as I was letting my hair process And I was seeing the connections that some people were making versus those who were not quite as busy. And I I noticed how much you really have to market yourself to the right people and really form those relationships and uh, nurture those relationships in order to be truly successful behind the chair. And I would say the same thing today. You know, fast forward 24 years later, I would say the same thing. And of course, yeah, I did go through some of my hardships with it because I think. I didn't consider myself or maybe I wasn't being as serious as I could have been with my career. I saw this as a jump off point, something that was going to be funding my way through school. And when I started shifting my mindset and really focusing on the relationship with one relationship at a time and truly almost integrating the marketing stuff on the back end that I had already learned and really, truly putting that into practice, 
that's when things started to really evolve for me. So that's something that I'm passionate about that I want to continue to help others with making a, a stronger, closer connection and relationship and how they can still create the things that feed them joy and feel their passion, but also a robust business and being able to have them all have both of that working together. Yeah. And I love that it's so important to, you know, elevate our industry and our craft, right? That's one of our top priorities here over at the T's. And your story is phenomenal. You know, we mentioned you're working towards your marketing degree, went on to become a stylist. Before that, um, or I should say after that, what did your path look like? I, I did start out as a, a single mom, um, teen mom for that matter. Wow. I was definitely ch- checking all the boxes of, you know, I, I think one of the cliche things that we hear about in our industry, and that's the unfortunate side of it, right? Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they think of those who enter our industry, it's like, that's a backup or it's a bridge to get somewhere else. And it wasn't really necessarily seen as a career path. Mm-hmm. I think today the landscape is a little different. Social media has definitely changed what people view for our industry and maybe just the way we see ourselves. But I would certainly say I was lumped into that category in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people were, you know, they felt badly for me. They didn't know where I was headed and there was a lot of pity. And I think within that, I was doing a little bit of self shame and I found myself in that trap a little bit too. Okay. And so when I did a little bit of a mindset shift within that and kind of discovered some of the things that were really starting to work, when I started leaning into those things and letting that guide my ship a little bit more. That's when I had more like smooth sailing, not to bring out all the analogies, but yeah. but it really truly did um, create a, a true career path for me when I started doing that. Okay. That's so important for everyone listening to think through, right? Because it is, you know, why didn't you go to a four-year college or a different degree? Or my parents wanted me to do this, but focusing on where you want to go and kind of what you want to do with your career is so important and starts with mindset. Um, you mentioned your breakthrough um, when you were behind the chair, um, where it all just sort of clicked. Can you give me a little bit of background and insight? Like, what was that moment like for you? Where were you at personally? Where were you wanting to head professionally? It was literally a single story, actually. Um, I had a woman that came in to see me in the salon at the, kind of the very end of the day, super last minute. You know, even though I had white on my books and I was wide open. Um, you know, a lot of stylists had this negative connotation that if somebody got into them last minute, that they, for some reason, were not going to retain them as a client. And so therefore, there was a little bit of like pushback okay. with uh, last minute clients that got into the books. So for me, I really wanted to kind of get to know this person. And interestingly, I connected with this person on such a deep level because um, she and I had like a similar story and she was also a single mom and we had the best time talking together. Um, But I was truly wanting to make her feel like she could do anything. Mm. You know, it was almost like I had put my own fears of what I wanted for myself and I used her as like a living, breathing person. So Mm. um, not to get like too deep with it, but it, it was a moment where I started just handling my service differently. Interesting. I wasn't focusing on the technique. It wasn't like, oh, she's just coming in for a haircut. I'm going to trim those ends and add a little bit of layering and send her on her merry way. It, it transformed into something completely different. I got to know her on a deeper level. We started talking about her family and we kind of started talking about how 
her hair was able to, because she was going in for an interview. So I didn't say that part. Okay. She was going into an interview. She was really nervous about the interview. And a lot of things that she was saying was like speaking the fears that I had of myself out loud. Wow. And I felt the need to almost defend it in her honor because it was almost like a psychological thing for me too. It was like self-healing. And I wasn't really necessarily making it about the haircut, but the haircut is what transformed how she was going to feel when she did that interview. Totally. And I've even read this before that when you get your hair done, you typically interview better or you take tests better. It just helps with your confidence level. It's totally psychological though. So like sometimes you need to transform the outside in order to transform the inside too. And so the both of this healing was going on at the same time while we're doing this haircut. And even though I didn't do anything mind-blowing with the haircut itself, what was interesting is that that started the relationship behind the chair with this person that was able to cultivate other relationships. You know, she was starting to refer her friends to me. She was starting to refer her family to me. Wow. I wasn't even asking for it. And it was one of those things that just became so easy because I started utilizing these tips that I've been like sharing with other hairstylists about marketing yourself to the right people. You're connecting with the right people and it simply becomes easier and you don't have to focus on the technique as much. Mm -hmm. Trust that your technique is great, that you're really good at what you do, but understand that your technique only gets you so far. What makes you irreplaceable is that relationship where you can connect on a deeper level. And that's what we did that day. That's what I did from then on out. It was that easy. It really wasn't anything that I had to implement or uh, strategically place together or uh, look at my numbers and start, you know, carrying the one and just like worrying about that stuff. It was more about the relationship. And it's always been that way from then on out. That's amazing. And you got to think about what if that conversation didn't happen that day? Hard to say. I know. I don't even know that I was even necessarily, well, I know for a fact I was not interested in staying in the industry for the long term. Okay. It was really just bridging the gap, helping me pay for my way in school. And I wanted to finish my marketing major. I had imagined that I would be either freelancing or working with other advertising companies. Mm -hmm. And that's really where my site was set. And I had no idea that this would always transform the way that I've done business in general. And integrating some of these things that I did from that one day, that one day where I just everything connected for me and how I've been able to kind of apply that same way of doing business in the future. And it's only provided more opportunity for me. Yeah. And this is something that I want to help other people with because it does start with that confidence piece. It is internal, it starts out there. Got it. So after that moment, was it always up from there? Talk to me about your path after that and what you've been through. It wasn't always up from there. It's really interesting because what I did learn is that as I became more successful behind the chair, meaning I was making more money, I had I was waitlisted, I had three chairs packed, I had assistants with me, um, I was offered more chairs, I was offered more assistance, Mm -hmm. and um, I was starting to teach more, and I was kind of being pulled in different directions. And even though my ego was nice and hearty and happy. Um, the hard part about it was that I started to feel like I was removed from the relationships around me and within the space. I felt like I had outgrown the space. I felt like I wasn't really supported in the space. I felt like I didn't have a mentor that I could really look up to anymore. And that becomes very lonely. Okay. So I, I think no matter where someone is in their career, 
if they're not surrounded by somebody who can be like a cheerleader or support, and then they also don't have a mentor in their life, that can be really hard to grow on your own. So from then on, I've made a decision like, okay, when I get to this place where I feel like I'm stuck, then I have to start reaching out to other people. Even outside of our industry, we don't need to always stay in our own little bubble. It's nice to like actually bridge outside of that. And yes, I've gone through hardships because if you have financial gain in one area, then you might have not emotional gain in another area. Good point. Yeah. So if you're, and if you're focusing on the business, then maybe you're not taking care of your health as much. And so there's always that kind of like paradigm where we have to like shift our weight a little bit back and forth and you can't have it all. Yeah. And um, so even though I may on the outside look successful, um, I have given up on like, I don't sleep very, very well and I don't get the exercise that I know I need. And um, I'm not always putting my diet first. And so there are some things that I have to pull myself back and be like, this isn't an emergency. None of this is an emergency. We have to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And that that is something that I will constantly struggle with probably for the rest of my life, honestly, because I only have one speed and I have a heavy foot. I just put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> and even though it can be great because you get stuff done, it also like I have to keep in mind that I don't want to run over other people while I'm doing it. Good point. And um, those people could be my family. They could be, you know, my my daughter that, you know, I want to make time for her too. So the busier I got, the more successful I got. I, I guess I would say, be careful with what you wish for and just keep in mind, none of this is an emergency. Um, that if something doesn't feel right, just listen to your gut more than anything and understand that even if you make more money, you might be sacrificing something else. And so I think it's just good to check in with yourself. And if you don't feel supported, then it's time to have growth in other areas. Growth doesn't always mean it. Go, it's growing outward. It may be growing upward. And then at some point you have to stop and then start to work on the outward stuff. So I don't know. It's been a constant evolution, I guess I would say with that. Yeah, that's well stated. Now I'm going to ask about Auric. Auric, actually, there's a there's a cool um, story behind Auric. So uh, it used to be called O Salon. It was an existing salon. Okay. I actually, 25 years ago, got my hair done at O Salon and my sister-in-law worked there. She is the one who inspired me to enter the industry to begin with when I was going to school toward my marketing major. And um, fast forward all these years later... I uh, wound up at a dinner party one night and I met this woman who um, she was looking to close her door. She was really frustrated. She had another really big walkout and she just didn't know what she wanted to do with the salon space. And even though she had been pouring her heart and passion into it, she just said, I don't know if I have it in me anymore. I don't know if I can do another round. Mm. And so she really wanted to sell the salon. And I was like, hmm, I don't know that I'm interested in opening up my own salon. I don't know that I'm interested in buying the salon from you. but..." Let's talk about what can happen maybe if we did a partnership. Okay. Because you know your side of things, but it was a little scary, right? I mean, you're like mm-hmm. running into a burning building. I already knew they were in the red. And so I guess the part that I learned from this process is that number one, if you're ever going to join a partnership, um, like any partnership, um, you know, maybe go on a couple of dates before you actually buy <laughs> before you actually marry one another. Yes. <laughs> And sometimes going with your gut is great, but then also just, I think, looking at the numbers is also important if you're going to buy into a business. Um, And then I think the other thing is having order of operations. If you're going to have a partner, then you're responsible for specific parts and your partner might be responsible for others. Mm. So that was some of the stuff that we learned along the way. 
But going back to the name of Oric, the reason why that was shifted and changed is because she was not really she wasn't passionate about the name. She didn't feel like a belonging to it. It was a name that she kind of picked out of the hat. She had to make a decision. Okay. Uh, it was actually the name of a bar in New York that she just liked the vibe of it. So she just went with the name. And uh, n- names for me are important because I need to feel like I connect to them. Similarly to marketing, right? Mm-hmm. There's got to be an identity and there has to be a brand to that identity. And when you create that, you instill core values into that identity. And that's where you get to create this whole story out of it. And that becomes that person that you are so aligned with. And it, there's you don't have to question it. So auric actually means uh, the aura that surrounds a living creature. Hmm. And what's interesting about auric is that it also is a derivative of gold. So it's another form or another word for gold. Interesting. And this is the time the Olympics were airing. Okay. And I saw this commercial that came on and it's it was stating that the most amount of gold that's found in the human body is actually around their heart. And I was like, huh, I wonder if that's where the heart of gold comes from. Wow. I know. So random, right? Really cool. Never heard of that. Yes. And I loved that. Okay. So it's the aura that surrounds a creature, but it's also like a form of gold and the most gold found around the heart. And We've always been about the scientific approach for the brain, but we've also been about the passion and the artistic ability of the heart. And so this name was just really speaking to me. And, you know, what's interesting even today and knock on wood, I got to knock on wood just to even (laughs) say this, but every single stylist that's entered that salon since that the seven years ago that I bought into it has been with us and we've been so happy. We've all grown together. Um, I'm so proud of all the stylists that are there. They have truly taught me to be a better leader. They've taught me to want to more from myself, but of others and to invite more people in and celebrate other people actually means celebrating myself more. And so what's interesting, it's almost like being a single mom again, going back to that, is that when you're raising another person, you can put all this pressure on yourself, but the other side of it, if you actually look at it in a way of, they saved me. Yeah, They helped me be the person that I am today. They've inspired me. Yeah, They've taught me to be a better listener. They've taught me to be a better communicator. When you look at things that way, it doesn't feel so, so much like a trap. It actually feels the other way around. Like, wow, I'm so lucky. So I want other people to feel that way. I don't want them to feel like their story is like, I'm a single mom or... I'm doing this all by myself or my family ostracized me or I came from this um, mental abusive background or whatever. Yeah, It has to be more than that. It has to be actually the other side of it where like, this is what makes you so freaking amazing. Yeah, And this was going to make you kick ass at what you do. Yeah. So um, anyway, not to go on a tangent, but that's where Oric kind of came from. That's brilliant. So thoughtful. So interesting. Um, now we're going to shift over to the brands that you are partnered with. Um, we've got Trust Professional. Olivia Garden, Air Hair Care. How did you get, let's start with Trust. How did you get connected with the fine folks over at Trust? So this also happened by default. I feel like everything is a long story and so I'll try to keep it brief. (laughs) But um, really the truth of it is that when I bought into the salon, I already mentioned to you guys, we were majorly in the red and it was a scary, scary time. And I knew how to successfully build up my chair, but that didn't mean that I knew how to run a successful business. Those are two very different things. Yeah. It also meant that I didn't know how to bring the right hairstylist in and I wanted to do it with thought and intention. Okay. So at least that part I did know. At least I entered the salon being fully booked with a wait list. I knew that that at least could float us. Okay. 
at least I did know how to bring in the right type of clients because I kind of was able to apply the marketing side. So that worked for my benefit in the salon space. But the tricky part was like, how do I find those people? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the process that goes into it? So some of that was was really difficult. And there were a lot of very quiet days. There were a lot of lonely days in there. And so in the very beginning of that process, I started to get more interactive on social media. Okay. And at that time, you know, seven, eight years ago, yeah. Instagram was still fairly new. There weren't a lot of people using it. And again, that did work to my advantage because. I started teaching that future hairstylist. I was like, my dream hairstylist is going to see this and they're going to see that I'm in Portland. I'm going to use all the tags and the geotags and hashtags and they're going to find us. And I'm not going to have to do any cold calling, any searching. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have to go bang on people's doors. I'm not going to have to do any of that icky stuff where people slide into DMs and try to like (laughs) recruit them. I'm not going to have to go on LinkedIn, none of this stuff. So I just started doing like social media marketing basically. Okay. And by teaching other people, then I had the the awareness of brands. And uh so Trust Professional did reach out to me. Uh they were interested in having me become an educator with them basically. So I did become a brand specialist. They started out with just sending me some products so I can experiment with them a little bit. Okay. I started teaching while I was using those um I, and I became fascinated by the line in general, but truthfully honestly, what really makes this like extra spicy and what makes this like a really great relationship is making sure that you're aligning with brands who could feel like an extension of you. They have to be like your friend. Yeah. So Trust Professional has always treated me very well. They treat their staff outstandingly. They've held on to their staff for a very long time. You know, the turnover is not high. That's really important to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they've always been like super interactive, supportive. They get back to me when I reach out to them. They fulfill their promises. Um, they want to hear my opinion. They make me truly feel like I'm a part of their team, which is important to do. Yeah. So for trust, it made it really easy. And I would say so on and so forth. Air Professional, same thing. Jenny Streeby and I are really good friends. And we started out as friends in the industry. And I have been such a supporter of the things that she's doing. I love what she's doing. I'm now um, leading her education team and affiliate program. Wow. So that's been a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, educational director, I suppose, is kind of more of the title that we're falling into. And as far as Olivia Garden, I've been an educator with them since they started their education team. Okay. Anne and I became fast friends. I love her. I love how she supports her team. Um, she and Pierre are brother and sister, and they you know, they've carried on the legacy beautifully of a line that's been around for over 50 years and in over 100 countries. And I find it so impressive. And their work ethic is incredible. They treat everyone like they're the only people in their lives. And that's really, (laughs) that is the secret non-secret, you guys. I, I think we work way too hard on getting more people in our chair before asking how, what are we giving to those who are there now? Good point. We want more partnerships without asking, well, what are we doing with the partnerships we have today? Sometimes just going deeper with our partnerships instead of trying to get more, 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 more is where that long lasting partnership can happen, but also how you can have uh, more responsibility with it. And you can really grow with that line because they trust you and you've built that relationship. So again, the theme of today is all about building those relationships and maintaining them. That's really what's going to make you truly successful, but also not make you have to work so hard at getting new business all the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, one question, you've got three awesome brands that you're working with. How do you juggle your time and resources uh, with all three? 
Okay. I love that you asked that. So <laughs> remember a little while back where I said, I'm not the best at getting sleep. Yeah. If I'm not really getting exercise as much. I've kind of put my own needs on the back burner a little bit okay. because I am devoting so much time and I truly am passionate about it. But one thing I will say is that through this growth, part of growing is passing the baton onto other people who are growing. Mm-hmm. And so by me elevating other educators and by me elevating other team members in the salon and other stylists and saying like, I know that you're going to take the best care of Kelly because you've got her retouch on and you've you've been a, an apprentice with me for over a year. Mm-hmm. You've been doing this. You've got this. And then I get to visit Kelly when she's sitting in the chair. I love that. I love to be able to still see my clients. But one of the things I had to give is I I had to relinquish some of that. Sure. I couldn't double and triple book and be behind the chair every single day. So I'm behind the chair three days a week now. I do plan on shifting to two days a week next year and so on and so forth. And it's very possible that I may just be available for my swan clients is what I call them, like my elite mm-hmm. clients that I've built like really great relationships with and I may close my books. Mm-hmm. Um, but for now, I do have a studio space that I work into privately that I do curation. Okay, I do go into the salon on Mondays when I want a video shoot. Mm-hmm. So I do time block and time blocking has just been like a part of my life. And I think it's really important to do that to maintain your sanity and to be able to maintain that cadence. Yeah. <laughs> because um, there was a time where I took on too many things. I said yes to too many things. And that can lead to burnout. It can lead to resentment. It can lead to even, I don't know, I've seen people get almost depressed over it because they're shaming themselves because they should feel so grateful to have opportunities, but then they don't feel good in that space. Yeah. So I think it's important to time block. And one of those things that I do to time block is I give myself vacations and I truly unplug. Okay. So by doing that, you just have to really be organized, I would say. Mm-hmm. So I sacrifice sleep. Yes, I do it. I'm admitting it to all of you guys because I want <laughs> you to understand that I'm willing to do that. I wake up at 6 a.m. every morning, even if I don't have to get up. That's the time that I go into emails. I respond to things. I start building out some things that I'm working on. And that gives me the time to be able to focus on that. And I feel so good in that. Yeah, I hate getting up in the morning. Really, I loathe it. (laughs) But the reason why I do it is because I discovered that I was probably doubly, I was like twice the amount of productive in the morning as I am in the evenings. Wow. And so in the evenings, when I'm feeling exhausted and I'm staring at a blank page, that's the cursor is just sitting there and I don't know what to type out. I know it's time to shut it down. I'm like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to shut it down. I'll get back to it in the morning. So I've gotten better at listening to myself when I'm like on versus off. Okay. And when I'm off, I got to just shut down and enjoy that time. So I'm kind of like saying it to myself just as much as you guys right now. <laughs> that's great. No, that's great advice. You're right. Because you said you only have one speed. And you put your foot to the pedal. I do. Yeah. I'm 65 in a residential sometimes. I got to slow down. <laughs> I get it. That's awesome. As if you weren't busy enough, you started Successful Stylist Academy. What was the goal and purpose of Successful Stylist Academy? Yeah. So it's called Successful Stylist Academy. That started in 2020, a pandemic. Okay. Um, I probably don't have to remind any of you guys <laughs> what happened, but... Um, I was lined up to go on tour. Um, I had six cities lined up and I was educating about every weekend. And we're talking indie education. So this is kind of where... This is what I was talking about before, like sewing this back to what I was speaking to. When you create like really awesome relationships with brands and you stay with those brands 
and they're a good fit for you, yeah. then they support you when you do indie education. You don't have to rely on them to feed you the classes. You can curate the classes you want and you can actually use the brand to support that. So it's really nice to flip that script because then you have like this double whammy. You're supporting future hairstylists. You're doing it in the way that you form the curriculum that really works for you. Um, and then you get to pick and choose those dates. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had all those lined up beautifully oh. and I was really looking forward to going on the road. And then this thing called COVID came out. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's fine. It'll just set us back a little bit. But unbeknownst to me, it did shut everything down. So yeah. I had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to offer digital education in some form or another. Mm-hmm. And that's where Successful Stylist Academy birthed. So in 2020, I started recording everything that I was doing in person and uh, I released some courses. Okay. So when I released those courses, they did well, but I wasn't super happy with them because I was battling back and forth with this technical on the digital scale. Okay. And even though uh, doing a technical beginning to end process digitally, it's great to show that. It's really hard because then you don't get to see what the person's hands are doing. You don't get to see what their body is doing and the mechanics of that. And there's only so much you can do digitally. Mm. So I decided to stay in my lane and my source of power, what feeds my passion and fuel. And I removed hair from it entirely. Okay. And that felt really weird for me. Yeah. Definitely got imposter syndrome with it. Um, but then I realized how many people were having a hard time with the internal part, having a hard time with creating the business plan and like even understanding what their brand is versus the salon's brand mm. and coming up with a marketing strategy. And so I'm like, no, I'm going to go all in with this. I'm going to help people with creating a strategy that works for them, how to market themselves, diversify their income, yeah. how to have freedom and flexibility in their schedule. I'm going to show people how to do the internal part of it. And so that's what Successful Stylist Academy has been about. We're now a team of six. Wow. We have pop-up events now. So I'm really excited. We had our very first event here in Portland, Oregon, where I live. Calgary, Canada is coming in September. And so, yeah, I'm excited about it. I just want to keep bringing this and coming alongside other people, showcasing other people's talent. Um, I'm showing up doing kind of the the non-sexy side of the industry, which is the marketing and business side. Uh, I've got a co-collaborator, Bobby, who also handles the financial side. Drea handles the uh, presentation skills and organizational side. And so we kind of have like a done with you and a done for you. Some people have a hard time with the systems and like really understanding. Some people even have a hard time opening a Google Doc. No shame. I get it. Mm -hmm. And so if you don't have time for that, we have kind of integrated like a done for you side where we help build out the decks and help you with creating your own education cool. or help you with supporting your team and the role within that and kind of passing that torch, the things that I've learned. So yeah, that's where Successful Stylist Academy has been all about. And I'm excited for kind of some stuff that's coming down the pipeline that I can't really speak about yet because it hasn't been official. But once it is, I'll be shouting it from the rooftop. So I'm excited to keep growing with that. That's amazing. Um, So you're... Obviously, you know, we don't want to give away all of your secrets, but what are some of the most important things that stylists can learn in the academy? Um, so we do have a successful hairstylist course. Okay. And that does not do any have anything to do with hair. It has to do with all the components of your consultation, pre-booking, how to get referrals, even understanding referral systems, retail strategy, okay. um, talking about how to do things without feeling like you're selling add-on services. 
So all the components that kind of go into the structure of the day for the hairstylist. Okay. That's for those who are really trying to build up their books or they're trying to get to a place where they actually have a wait list so that they can create freedom for their schedule in the future. So there's that side of the course. The other side of the course is the marketing side. And again, no hair. It's all about the systems and the approach that you would put your business into. That can be anything from setting up your policies to following through, to email marketing, to uh, digital marketing, to empowering your team and how they can kind of help with that side of it too. Um, Affiliate marketing, like we talk about different forms of marketing and we even go like old school, like just the most bread and butter way of marketing yourself, which is how do you market yourself in person and do it in a way that feels like right for you? Yeah. So that's social marketing mastery. So those two courses are the big, bigger courses. And then we have a third course that has kind of like right in the middle, we offer hair techniques that are um, really about uh, efficiency in the salon. Okay. So we want to uncover ways to get from point A to B in a faster way and a more time efficient way. It's not a matter of like, well, can you do the haircut? It's more like, can you do the haircut and, you know, 40 minutes or 30 minutes and still have some time to take some photos or clean up your station or get a bite to eat between your clients? So it's showing people how to be most efficient with their time. And then we do round it out at the very end. Uh, We call it unplugged because it's literally a conversation that Dre and I are having in my living room. We're sitting on my couch and we're talking about social media mindset and the side to your business that goes into the conversation. Okay. So we so we have those three courses available and so we're really trying to walk somebody through the journey of the internal side more so than cuz we've got we've got amazing people out there that are educating digitally that are going into the technical side. Sure. And I know that's an easy sell because people are like, "Well, I just want to get better at my craft." Yeah. But part of getting better at your craft is being a stronger communicator. How do you listen? Active versus inactive listening, that sort of thing. You know, just body language. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you properly consult with somebody? How do you pre-book? How do you talk about uncomfortable subjects? How do you talk about your pricing? All those things that really go into making sure that your business is working for you rather than the other way around. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what Successful Stylist Academy is about. And really, that's where our focus is going to be moving forward is we want to bring in people who are already good with the technical stuff as guests. And we want to focus on the marketing side. So that's what we offer course-wise inside. Got it. Amazing. So you said that your mission is to impact 1 million small businesses in seven years. Do you see yourself hitting that goal? Because it sounds like a heck of a goal. (laughs) I know. It's a really (laughs) meaty goal. I know. I'm ready really to roll up my sleeves and chop this up (laughs) in a little pieces. Well, um, as of yet, I would say if we continue with this cadence, we probably won't hit the 1 million mark. But with that said, um, we have a lot of, I mean, with our pop-up events happening, um, getting stronger with our online education between what we're offering for free and what we're offering to others. And we have an initiative where we want to go inside of beauty schools. And so that's part of the plan as as well, having a little mini series with that, helping people from the very beginning um, and just like focusing on like, well, how do you interview? What are some of the steps that you do? What, What should you be looking for in the salon space that you need to be in? And really setting them up for success before they actually get their license, like right. really in the process of it. Yeah. And so I love this challenge. And the reason why seven years is because that's when I officially retire. Got it. Um, I've projected and I've really put a lot of time into my investments and um, 
all my portfolios, the way that things are looking in seven years, I'll be retired and I'm literally looking for places in Portugal. Wow. I'm saying this out loud because it's happening. I'm going to make this happen. I know. Fabulous. Yeah. We've got some investment properties. And so I'm excited about that next phase of life. And I think that's the important piece. Like I, like I said, is like, when you pass that torch on and have an exit strategy in mind, otherwise you're just working for today and it's okay to work for today, mm-hmm. but let today feed you tomorrow. And so that's really what I want to get to the bottom of. And I really hope to impact that many people. And if anything, maybe that legacy gets to continue and I can pass the torch to someone else within an SSA. And that's the reason why I don't want to have just my name attached to it. Sure. My goal is to have SSA. I want people to not even know that I'm associated with the Successful Silence Academy. That's when I know it's doing really well. Yeah, that's amazing. So in one of your Instagram posts, you talk about salon interviews and how to nail one. Um, I feel like this isn't discussed enough or trained on enough in our industry. What are some of the most important things as a new stylist or any stylist should do when they think about um, that salon interview? Oh, I love this. (laughs) I love that you asked this question. Okay. So this is something that I'm really passionate about. And I talk about this actually when I go inside beauty schools. I want hairstylists to keep in mind that they are interviewing the salon. It's not the other way around. The salon's not interviewing you. You have to understand you have a lot more power in you. And who you say yes to, who you decide to marry is really important. So I want you to make sure that when you go into that salon, don't look around at all the pretty things. Look at how people are treating each other. Has somebody greeted you? Do you feel good in the space? Do you feel inspired before you leave? Mm. And don't just go the one time. Ask if you can come back. See what the response is. You know, it's interesting because it's really excited to get excited about something. Yeah. But then what happens on the other side of it, you know? Mm -hmm. So there has to be more of a journey that people can take you on. And they have to be able to provide a lot of things to you in order for you to commit to that growth. You just spent all this money and time in beauty school. You deserve to have that next place be something that can take you on a progressive journey. Okay. It can't just be some place where you're just going and you're a provider and you're doing something. That is the fastest way to kill your soul. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> I hate to say it so dramatically, but it really is. So make sure that when you're going in that you are interviewing the salon, not the other way around. That's amazing. Okay. So we talked about Instagram. Your YouTube is filled with so many helpful hair and business tips. What is your favorite video that you've created? And is there one that you've seen a lot of response and love from that you weren't expecting? Okay. It's kind of funny that you asked that. So (laughs) years and years ago, I started a YouTube and I just wanted to experiment with it. Mm -hmm. And YouTube is a time suck, guys. Yeah, It's been tricky. So I'm dedicating myself to to putting up one video per month. And I'm trying to go like wide to form content. Wide to form means like longer form content that's already shot. Um, All post editing, I would edit that down into smaller bite-sized pieces. And that's what I would use for my social posts. But what I found interesting is that what I love speaking on is not necessarily what does well on YouTube. Okay, And so the technical stuff and things that are a little bit more outside the box seem to be doing really well. Every now and then I come up with some wild ideas and I just want to experiment a little bit. And that's my fun zone. And there is something I came up with years ago called graining. Okay. Graining was a technique where you're doing almost like um, several different colors in one space Mm. and you're doing a high and a low light in one section. 
Um, so that cut down on timing. It was a little unique. It still has like a blended effect and it looks like a balayage, okay. but you're adding depth and light at the same time. Hmm. So I will say YouTube is a similar to a lot of other social platforms in that if it gets a lot of love, it does well. But if it also gets a lot of pushback, it also does really well. Yeah. Interesting. So it causes some controversy in a way. And that's not really something I love doing. So I would say, even though I love talking about the business side, it can feel a little dry. And so showing techniques is kind of like, okay, if I'm going to show techniques, I want it to be efficient. I want it to save people time. Yeah. French haircutting is something I've been doing my whole career. It's something I can do with my eyes closed. I can literally do a haircut in seven minutes. Yes, seven minutes. It's not what you take off. It's what you leave behind. Mm. So I try to show people how to do those techniques and a very short time frame so they can integrate it with what they're doing, not necessarily having to do it beginning to end. But I always want to leave people with something that is going to add some efficiency into their day. Um, And those seem to do really well. So yeah, just kind of pouring time into both of those. And it's very possible that because I'm maintaining two accounts, I may just have the marketing stuff in SSA and I'll just do the technical stuff in my own. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hopefully that was a long answer to the question, just like all my <laughs> other answers. But- <laughs> no, it was great. It was all helpful little tidbits for everyone listening, for sure. So we like to ask as we're kind of rounding out, um, what's your point of view on the industry? Do you have a soapbox that you're standing on? Um, is there something we need to do better at as an industry or, or where are we excelling? It's a pretty broad question. (laughs) It's a broad question. I know. Um, I have mixed feelings about the industry always. I love this industry though, because it's treated me really well. It's taught me a lot of things. And I think we can limit ourselves a little bit into feeling like, you know, okay, we're providers, we're artists, you know, we're in customer care or whatever. We're, we're there to take care of the client. But I want to encourage people to just think of that as icing on the cake. We're all in business, regardless if you work for somebody or for yourself, we are. I mean, we're, if you didn't have the clients that come to see you, the clients come to see you. They don't come to see anybody else. So we're all in a business. Mm -hmm. Um, I think what's really challenging for me right now is seeing that there is a division happening where people feel like there's a right or wrong way of doing things. And I want to encourage people to live a little bit more in the gray and just be open to what is coming their way and not think that there is a bad or a, a right or a wrong way of handling their business. There are so many ways of handling your business. Are you kidding me? I've met so many people that do things completely opposite and it's gone really, really well for them. So I just want to encourage people to not think that they have to have their their retention at a certain number or they have to have their... you know, I, I don't want them to think that their profit margin needs to be in a certain place. That's really limiting and restricting because if your profit is high, then what is what's being sacrificed on the other end. Yeah. So it has to be right for you. I think same thing goes when it comes to retail. There's a division right now where people are saying like, get rid of the retail, sell everything online, use only affiliate links. Why does it have to be black and white? Why does it have to be one and the other? Why can't it be both? Mm. So I'm just asking people to live in the gray a little bit or live in the colored world where we we love color. Let's be (laughs) colorful. Let's not be black and white. Um, I think we need to have a little more grace toward other people. I think we need to live by what we stand for when we say stylist supporting stylist. Let's actually do it. Mm-hmm. Let's not shame anyone. Let's not shame clients on Instagram. Like the the whole like I just want us as a unit to be above that yeah. and to really lead through love and light. And most of us who got into this industry, um, we all have a very similar story. 
And that's the thing that I've noticed that kind of brings us all together. You know, a lot of us don't come from money. We don't come from a background where maybe we're supportive for our career choice, Mm. um, that we have limiting beliefs around us, including our own selves. So I just think if we're going to stay with our own kind and we're really going to elevate ourselves and our craft in the industry and elevate the industry in general, I would just love to see. And I know it's very utopian of me to speak this way. (laughs) I just want to see us living in the color, not in the black and white. Yeah, I love that. That's a great point of view. So as we come to the end, we have this little thing that we call the tease quick takes. And so I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Cool. And we're going to get to know you in a different way. So the first one is, what was your first ever product that you owned? Beauty product, hair product, you name it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, it wasn't professional. It was Aussie Mega from, um, yes. from Costco. Of course it was. Because I love the smell of it. And I have to admit, I'm so sorry, guys. I still love the smell of it. Same. And the reason why I know the scent is because my mom still uses it. Yes. <laughs> like, mom, you still use Aussie Mega? I even give her like hair sauce, you guys. Like, not cheap. <laughs> I give her Karis and she's still using Mega, which drives me absolutely bonkers. It's just like so ironic, but yep, that was the first product in my, in my uh, repertoire. You know, we have heard that one before. So I think there's a commonality there. It hit the market in a big way. <laughs> it stayed. <laughs> um, okay. Are you superstitious? I did. I did. Pa- we paused to knock on wood. Yeah. So I'm guessing that you might be a little superstitious. And if so, about what? I guess somewhat. I'm, I I don't know that I have any like hard superstitions, I would say. Okay. Um, you know, I, I believe in karma. I really do. I believe in manifestation and that can get a little woo-woo for some people. I tend to lean more on the scientific side of that though. So I would say I'm more into the law of attraction than anything. Okay. Um, I feel like if you put out negative words, negative things will happen. But I also believe that those negative words came from a negative thought. Hmm. So um, that's not to say I don't have negative thoughts. I do. But I do check myself a lot and just be like, feel this right now and just let it go. Freaking let it go. Interesting. So I I guess that would fall into somewhat of a superstition because I feel like when you hang on to those negative thoughts, you'll get negative responses from it. The universe will give it back to you. The the universe is listening, you guys. I really believe that. Mm. And so um, that's where my superstition comes in a little bit. I love that. Great points. Who would play you in a biopic of your life? (laughs) Like an actress? Yes. Give me anyone. Oh, uh, (laughs) oh my gosh. (laughs) I don't know. That's so hard. (laughs) Um, That's such a good question. I... I don't, I don't have an answer. I'm sorry. I can't, I can't even think of anyone. I'm getting some Catherine Zeta Jones vibes from you. <laughs> really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> that's so funny. Um, yeah. I've, I've heard people say Chrissy Teigen before. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I guess let's go with that. We'll say that. Okay. We'll say Chrissy Teigen <laughs> and, and Catherine Zeta Jones had a baby and they made me. <laughs> it was you. <laughs> yeah. All right. What do you consider the ultimate comfort food? Oh my gosh, pasta all the way. Give me all the pasta with lots of cheese and just all the goodness. All right. Oh. Okay. All right. That makes me hungry. <laughs> I know, me too. <laughs> I want some right now. All right. Last one. Say you are on a deserted island and can only bring three beauty products. What are you bringing besides the Aussie? Oh. We'll count that as a fourth. Besides <laughs> <laughs> Aussie. Oh my God. How embarrassing. <laughs> um, I would probably bring. Oh my gosh. Why? Why didn't I? Oh, <laughs> um, okay. All right. I'm going to go with, 
Uh, I love Kerasauce. I've been using Kerasauce for a very long time. Um, I would probably use their uh, Nectar Thermique just because it smells yummy and my my ratty, sad ends really love it. (laughs) Um, I would bring the Hair Refresher by Air Professional. That stuff is the bomb. I spray it on everything. Sometimes I'll even walk into the break room and I'll spray the stylus with it if I'm feeling like there's a little bit of like negativity in the energy in the in the room. Oh, I'd be like, okay, guys, we need a little refresh. I freaking love that. All right, um, because they're infused with crystals. Um, so I sometimes I'll spray my face with it. Sometimes I'll spray my hair with it. Um, so that's like I'll use that on everything. Um, and then. The third product, I hate committing like this. <laughs> like it's so hard. Um, it's a big one. <laughs> it is a big one. I know it's funny. Um, I guess I would say my third. Can I pick a skincare line? Do it, does it have to be yes. hair? Go ahead. Nope. It can be beauty. Any beauty. Okay. I'm going to go with Pharmagel. Oh, I've been using Pharmagel. People always make jokes. They're like, how is it that your skin is so youthful and so young looking? And I'm like, well, I have like a seven care routine. And so I know that I only have one that I could bring with me. But I guess if I were on a deserted island, it'd probably be something that has UV protection in it. So yeah, I probably actually, they have this night cream that I absolutely love. Huh. Um, All right. So that stuff, I would just probably just slather myself in it every single day. So okay. yeah, Pharmagel, Air Professional, Kerasauce, those make a pretty happy party for me. <laughs> and off the island you go. All right, yeah. Ambrosia, tell everybody where they can find you on the socials, on the dot coms. Um, I'm Ambrosia Carey everywhere. So that's not going to be hard to find me. Um, So if you just look up AmbrosiaCarey.com or on Instagram or TikTok, any of that stuff, you'll find me there. Um, I am here for you. Really. I honestly am here for you. And if I don't have any answers for you, I have lots of friends I can refer to you. So I just don't want people to ever feel like they're alone in their journey. Mm -hmm. I talk to people all the time that are on the verge of giving up or breaking up with their salon or walking away or quitting. And I don't want anyone to exit the industry on those terms. Right. I want them to exit the industry because it's something that feels good and is right or has helped them get to the next place of life for them. Yeah. So yeah, reach out to me for anything. It doesn't mean that you have to purchase anything from me. Just really, I am a sounding board and I'm here for a reason. And I, I want to connect with you guys and help you out. That's amazing. How lovely. I say, take her up on it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Take me up on it. Thank you so much for your time today. It was lovely getting to know you. Congrats on your success and all of the amazing things that you have going on. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. All right, Jeff. So pretty succinct program, right? The Successful Stylist Academy. Also check out the Successful Stylist Podcast. Two great points that she made throughout her interview. And I love to see what Ambrosia is up to and keep doing it. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tees and send in questions to volume up at thetees.com. Volume Up is a Tees Media production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Folks for the custom Volume Up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.